Well, thank you, Daniel and Damaris, for leading us so well in worship this morning. Hi, church. Man, I'm just looking forward to worshiping God with you to those beautiful words over the coming weeks. And I'm just excited uh, with you to explore all the riches of who we are in Jesus Christ and what we have in Jesus Christ in uh, our series that begins next Sunday. But we're doing something a little bit different today, something that I've never really done before. Now, we're all pretty familiar with the American political system by now. I think we've been transfixed on it for a while. And so you're probably familiar with the annual tradition called the State of the Union Address. So at the beginning of each calendar year, the President of the United States kind of parades into the House of Congress uh, to address the, the joint houses of, con- uh, of, of Congress with a speech called the State of the Union Address. And really, the, that address has two purposes. It's to look back over the previous year to highlight what had been accomplished, and then also to look forward to the coming year and to kind of lay out an agenda for where the nation is going. And so what we're going to do together this morning is we're going to have a state of the church address. Now, like I say, I've never done this before, but, but this just kind of feels like an appropriate time to do this for the first time after we've come through 2020, just the craziest of years, really a year like no other. I mean, I can't think uh, of a more challenging year than this last year. Uh, and, and though it was challenging, in some ways it was a great year, a year of many blessings. And so maybe you've already kind of figured out in life, you've little, lived long enough to realize that sometimes it's the hardest things you go through, the hardest seasons that can produce the greatest things in your life, that can bring the greatest blessings. And and as I reflect back on 2020, I think that's certainly true of the year that God has brought us through. So I think it would be a wasted opportunity, having gone through a year like that, if we didn't take the opportunity to, to recount what God had done in us and around us this last year. What He taught us, and man, God taught me some things. Uh, We need to thank God for that and and be encouraged by that as we move into this new year, 2021. And so I've got these banners sitting here behind me that have been on our foyer for quite a long time. And this is what we're going to do this morning. We're going to be inspired by our past, what God has done this last year, so that we can be invested in our future as we move forward together into what God has for us. Um, So today we're going to celebrate And we're also going to consecrate ourselves to God for His purposes. And so I think back to January 1st, 2020. It was going to be a great year. In fact, uh, remember it was Pastor Darren's very first uh, time with us. He preached the first message of that year. It was his first Sunday with us. And um, we had had called him uh, here for a very short period of time to fill a gap as we entered into this new year, and it was a special year because 2020 was going to be the 50th anniversary of New Life Church. And if you know the Bible, you know that the 50th year is kind of a special year. It's called the Jubilee year. The 50th year is is a year of the Lord's favor. And so this was going to be 2020 for New Life Church. And we had these big gatherings and celebrations that we were planning And we had begun building this memorial rock pile that's sitting behind me where each month in our 50th year, we were adding a rock to that pile 
uh, as we were, were kind of building that to remember all that God had done in the life of this church over those 50 years. And uh, we got about eight stones into that pile when March happened. So when March came, everything changed. And we experienced something that none of us had ever experienced before. We experienced a global pandemic. And you know, when you experience new things, that's when you often learn new things. Uh, or, or maybe things that you already knew on a, a conceptual level, you, you really learn on a convictional level. And I think that was true uh, of this last year. As I look back on, and reflect on what God had done and what He taught me, I, I guess there's three things I want to share with you this morning that God taught me through this last year. The very first thing that God taught me is that His ways are higher than my ways. His plans are better than my plans. You know, there's a phrase that I've heard a lot lately. I had heard it before 2020, but, but I, I've just heard it a lot in this last year. You probably have as well. It's a Yiddish proverb that goes like this. Man plans and, finish it, God laughs. Man plans and God laughs. It sounds a little bit better in Yiddish. It, that's mantracht und Gott lacht. Sounds a little bit better. Man plans and God laughs. But there's actually a biblical expression for that idea, and we find it in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, which you'll see on the screen, which says this, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And maybe you've, you've planned a big trip where you've mapped out your route, your course, and you've booked hotels along the way. Maybe you've experienced all those plans being undone by an unexpected um, snowstorm or a car breakdown that you just couldn't control and it just um, destroyed your plans. Um, how many times over this last year as individuals and as a church did we find our plans kind of stymied, stifled, and undone by covid you know, I, I think back to the beginning of the year when, when Darren had first come here. Um, we didn't even really know Darren, but we needed a little bit of help here till we found more staff, and he needed a, a place to work part-time just for four months until he entered the military chaplaincy in May. That was his plan. We had it all mapped out. It fit really nicely. Well, like I say, he started at the beginning of January, and he hadn't been here, I think, more than a week when I, I remember the call I got from Darren, um, and he was... Uh, uh, I don't know if panic is the right word, but, but he'd shared with me that uh, he had just gotten a call uh, from the military, from his advisor, stating that um, they had met their quota of chaplains and now they had pushed everything back till October at the latest, another six months. And it totally undid all the plans he had for him and his family and his year. And he kind of wondered, what in the world does this mean? What is happening, God? Well... <laughs> Now that we look back over the year, we know what was happening. God had used this whole situation and his plans to bring him here so that God could keep him here. And we're so glad that God did it that way. His ways are higher than our ways. And I saw that principle at work so many times over this last year in our church. And often as we uh, rebuilt our staff, which God did here, um, and, and in that process, 
this last year, we came just to many dead ends, which were frustrating and discouraging. And I might look like when I get up here and talk to you, like I'm all calm, cool, and collected. But you go talk to my wife about how I came home a number of times this year and the way I felt as plans were undone. And so we hit a lot of dead ends. But now that I look back, I see how God had worked all of that to bring Daniel. Daniel to us at just the right time. Daniel started in his role here in October. And in November, everything shut down. And if we didn't have Daniel here, most of what we do, our ministry to you and our community here, which is online, wouldn't be happening. God's plan is better than our plan. His ways are higher than our ways. I remember in June when Jasmine, our wonderful office secretary or administrator, walked into my office and shared with me that she was, uh, was going to leave New Life Church to pursue her dreams. And I knew this was good for her. But inside I thought, no, no, God, you can't do this. Not right now. And six months later, I look back and I see how God's plan was so much better. You know, the very next day, Sarah Seward um, emailed him her resume and it all worked out for her to join the team. And, and we began 2020 uh, with half a team and we ended this crazy year with a full ministry staff team. Praise God. His ways are higher than our ways. His plans are better than our plans. And, you know, I, I, um, I look back to see how God's, God's timing has really been perfect. You know, we, we started this sanctuary rebuild at the beginning of last year. And by March, the construction that was happening in here was so extensive that to get this space ready to be used Sunday mornings was getting terribly difficult. And uh, it was at that point when it was almost becoming impossible to do that that everything got locked down due to COVID. And we're not glad that that happened and we couldn't meet. But, you know, we see the silver lining in what God, uh, in what God has done during that time, that His timing is perfect. And right when we needed to really work in this space, God gave us the time and the space to do that. And, you know, right when the last nail was hammered into this room, the next week we were able to reopen again. And meet and worship in this space. And so I just have been reminded time and time again that God's plan is perfect. His timing is perfect. I saw that in a, in a lot of the life events that happened in the, in, in the life of this church. You know, at the beginning of last year, you might remember we lost a lot of our church family, our friends that went on to be with Jesus. We just had one funeral after another in January and February. Um, and then March came, and, and we've lost a few people since then. But every time we have, it's been at a time when we could meet together as family and friends to grieve together. This summer, we were able to minister to 100 kids in VBS. We had this little window that God gave us to run VBS here in our church. When we wanted to, to hire these pastors, and we needed to have our membership meetings to gather so that they could present themselves and so that we could make decisions together as a church. God timed out all of these restrictions perfectly so that we could do that together. And so, church, as I look back, I just see even though things have been hard, God has been good and His timing has been perfect. And so, I wonder if you've kind of learned the same thing this year. Is there some way in which you have seen that God's ways are higher than your ways, that God's plans were better than your plans. You know, a woman in our church, well, 
Many of you will know her, Monica. She'd been waiting for shoulder replacement surgery for a long time, dealing with lots of pain. The surgery had been delayed because of COVID and putting off elective surgeries. And finally this fall, she got in for her surgery. And she just told me such a cool story. She said as she was recovering in that bed, she began to minister to a nurse who noticed a Bible on her stand. And then the nurse asked her about the Bible. And it led to this spiritual conversation. And day after day, the nurse would come and ask more questions. And Monica had the privilege of leading this woman to put her faith in Jesus Christ. This woman brought a friend of hers, another nurse, to come hear the good news of Jesus. And then Monica had a, a, another elderly lady that shared the same room that was overhearing all of this and started talking with Monica. And Monica ministered and shared the good news of Jesus with her. You know, God's ways are higher than our ways. His time and His plan is better than our time and our plan. And so what I want to do is I want to lay this ninth stone to our memorial rock pile here. And I'm going to name this stone, God's ways are higher than our ways. So let's add this to the pile right here. So that's one thing God taught me this year. He taught me a second thing. God taught me that it's Jesus who builds His church, not us. Now Jesus uses us, but, but it's Jesus that builds His church. And you know, the very first time that we see that word in the Bible, church, we find that coming uh, from the mouth of Jesus, Matthew chapter 16, verses 18, when Jesus says this. He says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will overcome it. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm going to build my church and there's nothing that's going to stop me. Like there's no spiritual opposition, there's no government opposition, there's no pandemic, Jesus says, that's going to stop me from building my church. And boy, I saw that that was true this year. You know, in January, um, we, uh, we, we uh, here at the church, we've got a new system called Planning Center. I don't want to go into details, it's not too exciting for you, even though it's really exciting for us as a staff on our end here. But it provided us as a church this whole new system of new ways to connect with people. It came with the app, like new ways to communicate, uh, new ways for people to give, new ways for people to sign up. Because in, until that point, until January 2020, the only way to get information at New Life Church was to come here on a Sunday morning and hear the announcements and get a bulletin put into your hand. The only way to sign up for anything was to go to the Welcome Center, grab a pen, and put your name on a piece of paper. The only way to give was to put, put your envelope in the plate that was past your Sunday mornings or use the machine in our building. Until in January of last year, we got this brand new system. And uh, I, I've wondered often as I look back, I wonder how things would have been different had we not had that beginning in January. I, wondering, I wonder how giving would have been different. You know, like, I, I'm just so amazed at God's goodness and your generosity. Did you know that in 2020, our giving went up? compared to the year before, like almost 10% our giving went up during a COVID year when many other churches were crippled by a lack of giving and some even closed, God provided. And you were generous and giving went up and we actually met and exceeded our budget for this last year. Praise God. And I kind of wondered, would that have happened if we didn't have this new way to be able to give? And I, and I wondered if, if our engagement together and the way we can connect together would have been different if, if we wouldn't have had the ability to, to, to send out all these communications through the system and to be able to sign up easily 
to, to different studies and different gatherings through this system. And, and I think God positioned us perfectly because even though we didn't know what was coming in January, God knew what was coming. And God positioned us so that we could, that, that we could do well in this last year. And so as I look back, I mean, that's just one example of how you know, God provided us new ways to connect he was caring for his church. He was building his church. And so Jesus taught me, again, at a deeper way this year, he is building his church and nothing is going to stop him. And man, I need to hear that as a pastor because I can slip into this false way of thinking, this false reality that somehow it rests on my shoulders and it rests on our shoulders as a church to succeed, to accomplish. And that's not true at all. God uses us, but he is building his church. Amen. And so what I want to do is I just want to lay this 10th rock here, and we want to name this 10th rock, Jesus Builds His Church. Let's add it to the pile. There's a third thing that God taught me in a deeper way this year. God taught me this. God is pleased to bless faith. God is pleased to bless faith. Again, I knew that up here in a conceptual level, but I feel like I learned that in a deeper way in a convictional level this last year. God is pleased to bless faith. And this verse came to my mind. You'll see it on the screen. Hebrews 11 verse 6, which says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe two things. Must believe that he exists, that he's real, that he's present. They have to believe in God's presence, and they have to believe in His power, His provision, that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, what is faith? Well, even a few verses later in Hebrews chapter 11 there, it talks about Abraham as an example. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, called to go by God, commanded by God, Abraham obeyed and went even though he did not know where he, is go- he was going. So what is faith? Faith is going without knowing. That's what that means. It's obeying the command, the call of God, even if you don't know the destination, how you're going to get there, even if you look at what you have and you go, this isn't enough to get me from here to there. Faith is going without knowing. Why? Well, because there's something we do know, because we know who God is. Hebrews 11 verse 1, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and confident of what we do not see. We can go even though we don't know because we do know God. We know the sort of God He is. He is the God who gave us His Son, Jesus. And if He gives us His Son, Jesus, He's not going to withhold from us anything we need to do, His, to do His will. We know God. We know His character. We know His promises. And so even though we don't know what the future holds, and that's all uncertain, we can go in obedience to His call and His command, that knowing that He will bless and He will reward faith and this is what God says again and again. In fact, in Malachi, the prophet of Malachi in the Old Testament, chapter 3, God says to his people, he says, test me. Like they were hoarding. They, they, they weren't being as generous as God has called them to be. Maybe out of fear, right? Like, like maybe it was a tough year. Maybe there was famine. And so they, they were going to keep, they were going to cling. And, and, and God said to them, test me. 
people, my people, and, and see if I won't just open the floodgates of heaven and bless you with so much that your storehouses won't even be able to hold it. What Jesus is saying is, don't, it, it's not true that if you give one away, you have one less because God says, I am the one who has it all and I have the ability and I have the desire to bless faith. And I found that to be true this year. God is pleased to bless faith. And so, you know, we've all had decisions to make over this last year. We can respond to the uncertainties that COVID has brought with faith or with fear. It's one or the other. And you know, Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about these two different mindsets. Those that are governed by fear, who run around feverishly trying to secure enough for themselves. And he says, you don't need to be like that, church. No, seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness. And He's going to add all to you that you need. But seek first His kingdom and He will provide. What Jesus is saying is God blesses faith. What, he, he, he wants to reward those who seek Him. And that's what I saw this year. God rewards those who earnestly pursue Him. So, you know, I just want to say, church, I'm proud of the faith that you have exhibited as the people of this church. You know, I, I'm really proud of, of the, the board, the CMT, and the staff of this church, the faith I saw exhibited. Like, I really feel in this last year, probably not perfectly, but I really feel like we were governed in our decisions not by fear, but by faith. And I saw that a number of different times. Well, for instance, in giving. You know, we, we could have hoarded. We could have had a, a hunker-in-the-bunker sort of mentality, just could have clung because we didn't know what was going to happen. But we didn't do that. We gave, and I think because we gave, God blessed that generosity. That, that came from faith and not fear. Well done, church. I, I, I saw that with even the hiring of new staff. I know that Daniel, there were other churches that were interested in Daniel and using conversations. But I know so many churches when COVID hit and they didn't know what was going to happen. Everything was uncertain. They just put a pause on everything. Time out. No hiring. We didn't do that. We had faith that God was going to provide and He was going to lead us through. And, and He has in incredible ways. And we've got this complete team. We're well, we're well positioned for the future to move into what God has for us. And so we had faith. And not fears as, as a leadership and as a church, we made those decisions, and God has blessed that faith. You know, I saw that faith exhibited in, in serving in different ways back in March when COVID first happened, and we couldn't gather together and see one another. Um, we didn't know what was going to happen, and, and, and so we thought, well, maybe we need to create a care team, a team of people that are going to reach out to everybody in this church to make sure they're okay, their needs are met, they're prayed for, they're encouraged. And, and so Neil Greaves took the lead on that to call people. And, and, I, and he had more faith than I did because I thought, well, I mean, if we could build a team of maybe six or seven people or couples, that, that would be great. We give everybody like 25 people in the church to care for, 25 family units. He thought, no, that's too much. People can't care for more than 10, at a, 10 well at a time. And so we need to have a bigger team. And I said, okay, Neil, you can call people. I just don't, how are we going to find that many people that are willing to do that, willing to serve in that way? Well, the next day, 24 hours later, Neil called me and he said, Rusty, I called 22 people and all 22 people said yes. In 24 hours, we had a care team that was reaching out to caring every, for every person in the church. I was just blown away. And that's just an example of how 
You know, I, I saw this church live by faith and not by sight. And God is pleased to bless faith. And so this 11th stone here, why don't we name this 11th stone, God blesses faith. Lay that on our pile. I'm no engineer. Let's hope that holds. <laughs> God has done great things for us, church, as I look back over this last year. Um, and we know that COVID's not done. You know, things are as uncertain moving into this next year as they were last year. Um, and so as we shift now from looking back to looking ahead, we're going to move from celebration to consecration. Now, consecration is a bit of a funny word. Maybe you've never even heard that word before. Like, our, you don't hear it out in the world because our world does, doesn't have a category for consecration because it's a word that only relates to God's people. Literally, it means that which is made sacred, to make something sacred or to make holy. That's what it means to consecrate, to make holy. Um, now, when we hear holy, sometimes we think that means like that something's perfect, and that's not what the word holy means necessarily. The word holy literally means to be set apart for God's special purpose, to be set apart for God's purpose. And so in, in certain Christian traditions, you may have heard of, of a new church that's been built, and when they're going to worship in this new church, the bishop or the priest comes, and he actually consecrates the space. It's a ceremony that, that kind of blesses and sets that structure and that space apart for God's purposes. It makes it holy. And then when that church closes or moves, maybe you've heard that they will deconsecrate that space, which means they will now turn that space into something that's just normal for normal purposes, not God's special purpose. It's no longer holy. Well, you know what? The Bible never really talks in the New Testament about space being holy, like a certain building or even a certain day, or uh, a certain space. But you know what we do find again and again is holy? People. We hear that we as the church, we are God's holy people, which doesn't mean that we are perfect, but it means that we, being holy, are set apart for God's purposes. We have a special purpose. We who know and follow Jesus Christ. We are set apart. We are holy. And so Romans chapter 12 verses 1 talks about this where, where Paul says, offer yourselves um, as, as something that is holy to God, right? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, Paul says, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He says, set yourself aside Offer yourself to God as holy. In other words, consecrate yourself, church. And that's what I want us to do this morning as we think about the purposes that God has for us moving into this next year. We are set apart by God to live for the praise of His glory. Our purpose is to know Him and to make Him known. And that's true for all of us. And then each of us individually under that general purpose, God is a special purpose for each and every one of us as we know him and seek to make him known and as a church we have defined our purpose in a statement we call it our mission statement and some of you will know it and, and have it committed to memory and and so if you do I mean, I'd, I'd love for you if you just say it with me so the purpose of new life church our mission is to make disciples 
who experience new life in Jesus Christ, who express new life to one another, and who extend new life to those who don't yet know God. To, to be and to make disciples who are growing in our private lives and relationship with God, in our personal lives, in our relationship with our family and with one another in spiritual community, and in our public lives, in our relationship with the world around us. Like, that, that's the purpose for which we are set aside. Um, you know, as a church here, as, as a leadership team, a board, and as a staff, we've been spending time over these last months talking and reflecting and praying about, you know, how we are to move forward in this purpose in 2021, given we have no idea what this year holds. We have no idea when we're going to meet again, when we're going to have any semblance of, of kind of normal gatherings, normal ministry, and yet we know that, that God is still building His church, and we, we need to continue to pursue this purpose. And so, as we've prayed and talked and planned, um, uh, you know, we, there's just a few things that I want to share with you about the purpose that God is moving us into as a church. And you know, as hard as COVID's been, it, it, in ways it, it's been a blessing. It's been a reality check. Uh, and reality checks can be hard, but they can also be helpful, right? So, so COVID w causing everything to stop ha has caused us to have to ask and answer the question, what is truly important? You know, as a church and as people, what is truly important and, and you know what we found is gathering is definitely essential and when we can gather together again you better get used to getting out of your jammies putting on some better clothes doing your hair getting the kids in the car and coming to church gathering is an absolutely essential part of being the church and i can hardly wait till we can do that again here on a sunday morning and at other times in other ways but what we have realized during this covid time is that we can't rely upon these gatherings alone to fulfill our purpose, to make disciples like that. These sort of gatherings alone are not enough, and COVID has taught us that, and so it's kind of brought us a time of assessment uh, of what truly is important. Um, and so as, as, as in the beginning of this year, as we assess kind of our ministry and, and what it looks like to be a church where we are being and making disciples who are growing in our private lives and personal lives and public lives, you know, when we can start doing normal things again, there's going to be some things that we will just choose not to do again so that we can do other things, maybe better things as we pursue that purpose. And so church, just so you know, this is going to be a time of assessment, which is going to lead to real change as we focus on kind of designing discipling environments as we help uh, help you grow and others grow as disciples in Jesus in a private life and personal life and public life in, in their private life which which means a dynamic growing relationship with God and so that's one thing we want to focus on this year is helping encouraging and equipping you to grow in your private life your relationship with God in your own home in your own life and so we've begun that this year with this uh, Year in the Word initiative, and I've, I hope you've embraced that. It's not too late to start being in your Bible daily, to hear from God, and we want to equip you to do that and, and, to, and to spend time talking to God in prayer so that you can learn to hear and respond to God yourself. 
by developing those spiritual disciplines. And so we've begun this initiative, and in the first months of this year, we're going to finish our resource center, which used to be our library. We'll have a library, but it's going to have so much more. This resource center is going to be a place where we're going to have Bibles and other resources that are going to help equip you uh, just to grow in your relationship with God in your private life. And so um, as we design that and finish that space, hey, if you, you're just wondering how you can kind of be a part of a team and serve in this church, maybe that's something you want to consider as we develop a new team, a resource center team, uh, just, just to manage that. If that's something you're interested in, uh, please call and talk with Daniel. He would love to talk with you. Uh, what else are we wanting to focus on this year as we pursue our purpose and so we think of our personal life, which is our relationship with our family and with kind of the, the small, our small group, small spiritual community around us where we develop meet those meaningful relationships. And what COVID has shown us is that ministry has to be personal, which means it has to be relational. You know, when we, when we can't gather together as a big group in this one building, ministry can't stop. And so ministry's got to be personal in nature and, and relational. And so something we're really going to focus on this year, uh, a goal we have is to strengthen our structure of care, to build and foster these sort of relationships at the church that don't rely on this building or these programs or Sunday mornings. And so something that we're going to do this year is we're going to work on building a spiritual care team, um, a, a team of people that is, that uh, again, kind of like this, this COVID care team is going to be looking out for all the people of the church. And that's going to be connected with our life group ministry. And so one of our goals as well is to strengthen our life group ministry, the, the groups we have, and to start new groups, uh, for this to be a place for people to grow in meaningful relationships with one another that help them grow in relationship with God. And so um, I, I would just ask you, is, is, is that a ministry that you can be involved in if you aren't already? M maybe there's some of you out there right now, like your next step is is not just being in a life group, but, but maybe it's to go into to, to leadership in a life group. If, if we're going to start and strengthen more life groups, we're going to need people that are going to be willing to, to be trained and, and to lead those groups. And so maybe that's something that some of you need to do. Maybe that's your next step as you live by faith in this coming year. And if that's something that God lays on your heart you want to talk further about, then please reach out to Pastor Darren. He would love to talk with you about what that could look like. As, as a church, we seek to strengthen our structure of care and spiritual community. And, and then we really want to pursue this year uh, the purpose of uh, extending new life to those around us, to our community, to our world, to those who don't yet know God. And, um, and so a goal we have really is, is to reach further out to those around us. And what we've learned through COVID, and, and you know, some of this stuff we kind of already knew before COVID, but COVID has just sped up the process, if we're to be honest. It's caused us to realize how important these things are. Um, and, and something that, that COVID has, has taught us is that um, we can't just wait for people to come to our building, to a service before we engage them, because we haven't even had church. We haven't even been able to gather we got to go to people. we got to engage people where they are, where they live, where they work. we got to reach out to them instead of waiting for others to come to us. We need to go out with God's love. That's something we've learned this last year. In fact, studies have shown that, um, that people are most open to new things and to spiritual things when they move to a new place, to a new community. 
And so because of that, one of the goals we have for this year is to build an outreach team, uh, a team that's going to be involved in, in reaching out and connecting with all the new people that move into our communities, into our area here. Uh, and so we're, gonna, we're developing kind of a, a package, a gift, and then a strategy to go out and, and to, uh, to welcome people to our towns. Uh, and our goal for, for this year and then next year is to have that team and by 2022 to actually uh, welcome everybody that moves into our area at their door. Uh, and so I just, I'm, we're really excited about that here. That, that's a new thing about going, reaching out to people where they're at uh, to establish a connection. And again, if that's something that, boy, that just resonates with you and you're, you're interested in being a part of that, again, speak with Pastor Daniel. He'd love to talk with you about that. Um, one thing we've also seen this year is the value of uh, our online ministry. Now, it, it can't do everything. It can't replace gathering, which is why when we can gather again, we need to gather again. We can't just stay online. But what we have discovered is there's this whole mission field out there that can be reached online. We can connect with people online. Um, and so there's like this whole new way of, of doing mission that has kind of opened up to us as a church that's really exciting. And I'm excited when we can start gathering together again as a church. You're going to meet people that have joined this church that you've never met because they connected online. You're going to, I'm excited for you to meet Glenn and Lorraine. And I'm excited for you to meet Laura and her family. And I'm excited for you to meet Sam and his family. And I'm excited for you to meet Jordan and Kathleen and their family, all people that have connected with this church through our online ministry. And when we can come back together, we want to still be doing that, reaching out in that way. And so one of our goals is to uh, be live streaming by next fall, live streaming kind of a high-quality uh, worship service. So even though we're gathering here, we can still have that reach beyond these walls, and so that's a big goal that we, um, uh, that we have because, hey, listen, we don't live in a time anymore when, when, when people are, are just going to come here to check us out in person. They're going to check us out online first. They're going to dip their toe in the water online and get a feel for it online before they ever came here. So, come here. So let, let's take advantage of that opportunity church and so uh, that's one of our goals to reach further out in that way and if that resonates with you you know maybe you have an an interest in technology um, and and you want to be a part of the growing number of volunteers that we're going to need up at our sound booth to run sound and video all these exciting things um, then i know pastor daniel would love to hear from you because we need to we need to grow those teams if we're going to be reaching out in this way by the end of this next year so um, you know, like as, as you hear about these things that God is moving us into, you know, if God lays something on your heart, then just pray about that. Pray what God would have you do uh, about that. And so while we don't know what 2021 will hold, what I want us to do, church, is I want us to enter this year kind of claiming these three truths that God has taught me, that hopefully He's taught us, that His ways are higher than our ways, number one. Secondly, that Jesus is building His church. And thirdly, that God is pleased to bless faith. Let's just go into this next year, clinging, believing in those three truths. And with this final, this 12th stone, we want to make this a stone of consecration. Uh, we want to set ourselves as a church apart 
for God's purposes for us this coming year. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to lay this 12 stone on the top and complete our memorial rock pile. And we're going to call this um, our stone of consecration. And uh, here in a minute after I drop this rock, you're going to see on your screen uh, some prayer prompts. And, and when you do that, I just want to invite you into a time of personal prayer, which I'll close by just praying a prayer of consecration uh, on us as God's people as we enter into this coming year. And then uh, Daniel and Damaris are going to lead us in one final song uh, of worship. And then after they do that, there's going to be some questions on your screen, a little discussion guide. And uh, so I don't want you to run away from your screen too quick. When you see those, uh, those questions pop up there, why don't you just pause the recording and take some time, if you're alone, just to, just to think on those yourself. Maybe you're with your family right now. And if you are, take some time to dialogue about those questions. Uh, the questions are, number one, how did you see God at work in and around you in 2020? Question number two is, uh, what did God teach you in 2020? And then the last question you're going to see there is, what would it look like for you to live a consecrated life in 2021? So just take some time here in a moment to dialogue about that. Um, if you're with your family, maybe you want to use those questions as a small group if you're going to be meeting online or over the phone, or maybe you just want to reach out to a friend and you want to talk about those questions and share and uh, share with one another um, over the phone. And so uh, why don't I lay this stone, this stone of consecration, and invite ourselves into into some prayer. And so you'll see uh, this first prayer prompt up on your screen there. Father God, I thank you, and I want you, church, just to finish that sentence. Just take a moment, and I want you to just think about what you saw God do in and around you this last year. And just take a moment to thank him and to celebrate that, what God has done. Take another moment, church, and uh, finish that next uh, prayer. Father God, I give you, I mean, this is a prayer of consecration. This is an opportunity for you to offer yourself to God, to set yourself aside for the purposes that God has for you in this coming year. We just take a moment and offer yourself to God. Father God, you have done great things for us in this last year. We just thank you, God, that even when things seem so out of control, they were just firmly in, in your control. And Lord, when things seem so uncertain, um, God, you knew exactly what was happening. And Lord, you are bringing about your plan and your plan for us as your people and as your church. It was good this year. And so God, we just thank you for all of the incredible ways that you led us, you provided for us, you blessed us. You are an awesome God and we give you all the glory and all the thanks. And we just affirm again, God, that you are trustworthy. You are worthy to be served with our whole lives. 
And so, God, as we enter in this, into this new year as your people, the people of New Life Church, we just consecrate ourselves, God. We set ourselves aside for your purposes for us, God. And, and I've shared some of those here, the things that we think you're leading us into, God. But we have no idea what 2021 holds, what you do. You do. We know your plan for us is good. So, God, we just offer to you ourselves, church, if, if you're not already standing, why don't you just stand, church? Why don't you stand and why don't you hold out your hands, open up your hands, this gesture of saying, God, I give you myself. God, we just give you ourselves. May you have your way in us. May your will be done in and through us this year, we pray to the glory of your son, Jesus. Amen.